it's not like M. Night Shyamalan's The Village, you know, where you're like, we're all looking in, you know, from the outside watching these people farm, you know? <laughs> this is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash, and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail, and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy. And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like flowers. Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks. We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures. And we'll even throw in a little trip planning. Let's start exploring. So of all the trips that we had to cancel because of your stupid back surgery this summer, <laughs> I was the most disappointed about missing out on the Smokies yes. this year. That was a really sad thing that happened. It was because <laughs> we were like all set up perfectly to go there. And so as we've been like preparing for this podcast episode and I've been reading through everything and just looking through everything, I'm like, oh, I really wanted to go there this year. I know. Next year we will be there. Yes. We will be there. But I mean, it's fall. It's the main season in Great Smoky Mountains National Park right now, like the crowds are descending. Everybody is coming for the fall colors. Yes. Uh, is there a better park for fall colors? Uh, I don't know. I really think it's an amazing place to be. I don't think there is because there are so many trees. Yeah. Like and just all, trees everywhere. And the elevation difference between like the valley floor and the top of the mountains is like 5,000 feet. And within all of that, there's all different kinds of tree communities and different colors and things like that. Yeah. And so it's beautiful. Yeah. It's it's really hard to find anywhere better than the Great Smoky Mountains in fall. So today we wanted to focus on this park in case some of you are heading out there in the next few weeks to go see the fall colors. We just want to talk about it and celebrate this beautiful national park with you. And also, this national park is the most visited national park in the country. Boom! By far. It's not even close. It's not even close. It's like Usain Bolt versus me. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Random guy from the stands that they give like a half court shot, you know, to. That's basically what it is. You know, I feel like they should do that because it's hard to get in perspective how fast people are when mm -hmm. they're in the Olympics. Yeah. Like they totally should pull you from the stands and be like, here, this get, is how fast they, they are. They would get ready to go. Like they'd get everybody on the blocks and then, you know, they'd have the gun ready. They'd be like set. And I'd be like, wait a second. I need a stretch. <laughs> I need a stretch just a little bit more. Give me just a moment. Or or me versus Michael Phelps would be really oh funny. Gosh. Why is this guy, he's not breathing properly. <laughs> me just sputtering in the water. That is the Great Smokies versus the next park that is the most visited. So yeah. I was looking at the 22 visitation stats. Great Smoky Mountains, is it about, for 2022, is about 13 million. Wow. And the next was the Grand Canyon at 4.7. So th more than three it's times. Like three times, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, my question with Great Smoky Mountains, though, is like, I don't know how they're getting that number. Right. Because they don't have entrance stations like where you pay an entrance fee to get in or anything. And the main road through the park is a highway that people drive just to get from one place to the other. <laughs> and so if they're counting those people, then I'm like, well, you know, but still, it makes it feel really busy. Right. It's kind of like on social media. If you watch a video for like three seconds, it counts as a full view. Right. You know, if like, you just drive. These, these people drove near the Smokies. They smelled <laughs> the fresh air. And uh, counting it. They're counting it. I mean, the other interesting thing about the Smokies is that historically, they have not been able to gather an entrance fee at all. That was part of the legislation actually of like making Great Smoky Mountains National Park is that they were not allowed to collect a fee on that main road through the park because it's a throughway and right. anyway, they the wanted... agreement that they made between states or whatever. Exactly. But this year, new for 2023, they found a way around it with which I have been saying for years. I'm like, man, there are so many people that go to this park. If they just had some type of fee that they were charging for people to be there, it would help out the National Park Service so much right. to have that income. 
because the NPS needs that income. And so they did. They started a parking tag program where you have to pay to park. So if Mm -hmm. you're anywhere in the park for more than 15 minutes, you have to have this parking tag. We won't go into the details here. I have a YouTube video about that that you can watch if you're interested. But just know that new for 2023, you do actually have to pay for parking in the Smokies. Right. It's not very much. It's not like a ton of money. No. But, but you do need it. So I but think it's good. 13 million people yeah. paying, you know, a small amount of money kind of adds up. Can you imagine? I don't know. That's like a bunch a of rangers dollars? or that's a yeah. bunch of who knows? <laughs> they might even get good food at the national parks. Well, yeah, the Smokies don't really have, there's nothing in there. There's like one place at Cade's <laughs> Cove where you can eat. So, I mean, there's not really like infrastructure in the park, but we'll talk about this. The outside of the park is insanity. Yeah. So I am just so excited to jump in. I think we should start at Cade's Cove since I just mentioned it. Right. And Cade's Cove is the most popular part of the park. Everybody wants to go to Cade's Cove. Oh, and for good reason, because it's so cool. And if you've never been to Cades Cove and you have no idea what it is, it's basically a early to mid 1800s, uh, like the early 1900s community that's been preserved, you know, minus the people. The people, so the people got booted out when yeah, it was it's a not national like, park. It's not like M. Night Shyamalan's The Village, you know, where you're like, <laughs> we're all looking in, you know, from the outside <laughs> watching these people farm, you know. <laughs> it's like, oh, look at whatever his name is. Look at Ezekiel plow that field. He's doing a great (laughs) job this year. We're not doing that. (laughs) Although it does kind of feel that way. I feel like especially if you go at the wrong time of day where it's just like bumper to bumper to bumper traffic. Right. And it's a one-way loop. And so that's the problem with the traffic. (laughs) I can't not talk about how bad the crowding gets here. Oh, with with 13 million people, it's bound to get intense sometimes. Well, it's just, it's like, a I think it's like eight miles or something. It's not very long and it's a one-way loop. But it's so cool because you get to see like all these just beautifully preserved buildings Mm -hmm. that were part of this community, like the John Oliver Place, which is one of the first ones you'll hit. That is thought to be the oldest standing structure in the National Park. The churches. There are some really cool churches that you pass by. I love, I think my favorite one is the Methodist church just because it Uh had the two doors Yeah, where like the men had to go in one door and the women had to go in one door. I just think it's, I love stuff like that. I Uh love history. And so seeing that and being like, well, that's dumb, but also learning why they did it and and actually seeing it in person was really interesting. Does that mean that the women go in with the kids and the guys get to go hang out and watch the game. <laughs> so one side of the church is all the guys and on the other side is the ladies with all the kids. That's, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, that checks out for <laughs> for why they would do that. <laughs> yes. There's like uh, Abrams Falls back in there, which is probably, I don't know. I was thinking about this because there's a lot of really good waterfalls in the Smokies and I was trying to decide which one was like my favorite waterfall hike. And I think it might be Abrams Falls. I think the Abrams Falls is is my favorite. It's not the tallest, but it's pretty powerful. And the hike itself is just beautiful. Yeah. It's really fun to hike down in the Cades Cove area I, to be surrounded by all the homesteads and stuff. And then to take a little break to hike to the waterfall. And yeah. it's just beautiful. It's really pretty. And the water goes down into this pool. You know, yeah. it's real. It's really pretty. If it was near the ocean, I feel like that would be the spot that like you'd find mermaids or something. Yeah. You know, like a little oasis. Yeah. But here, because it, it you have freshwater mermaids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In my mind, I just hear this like really Southern voice being like, we just call them gators down here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Everybody cringe. That was cool. I was, I was just trying to do your your dad's Southern dad's accent because he's from Florida. <laughs> The Cable Mill and Visitor Center is really cool. I really like that area. It's a good place to stop. It's about halfway through the loop. So you can use the restroom, fill up your water bottles, buy some jams. We always talk about the national parks have jams. I love jams. You can get that. um, And then you can see the Cable Mill and, you know, how they got the water to run the mill mm-hmm. <laughs> and to grind With the, the little corn. aqueducts that run to them yeah. sometimes. It's really pretty. Yeah, it's cool. It it's, it's amazing to see all of these post-industrial or something, whatever these communities are, but all these really cool structures that they built to 
do the sawmills, to do the flour mills, you know, all these different things that they had in the area that they used. I just thought it was so cool. Well, these communities in the Smokies, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more in the fun facts episode, but there are little pockets of communities in or near the park like Cades Cove. Mm -hmm. Cades Cove was a bigger one, but, you know, they really did have to be pretty self-sufficient because they're tucked up into the mountains. It wasn't necessarily easy to get to a lot of these places. Mm -hmm. Cades Cove was like, I think it said uh, people started moving in there around 18, like 18, I think, 18, Uh 18. And so, you know, when you're driving around Cades Cove, you're really getting a nice feel for what it would have been like in the 1800s living in this community in the Smokies. Yeah. So I really like it. You'll find like, there's like Dan Lawson place. Uh, He ran the post office from the front porch of his home. So you can see that you have like the Tipton place where the school teachers lived and there's a giant barn there and stuff like there's just, it's just really cool. The thing about Kate's Cove is because everybody wants to go there, Mm -hmm. the traffic is horrible. Oh, it can be so bad. So I had someone actually just email me a couple weeks ago and she said that like they went out at like 11 o'clock in the morning, which I highly, highly suggest you not do. That's, That's a terrible, terrible time. time. Yeah. Yes. She said they started at like 11 o'clock and they didn't stop anywhere because nobody wanted to lose their spot uh-huh. along the road in the line of cars trying to get through. Right. And she said it was literally bumper to bumper traffic for like three hours. Ugh. And nobody was stopping. Like, you don't even get to stop and, like, get out and walk to the actual homestead or the actual church, you know? Like, all you're doing is trying to see things that you can see from the road, which is just not the experience that you want in Kate's Cove. No, not even close. That that sounds like three hours through that whole loop. It's like, that's not even foot off the gas, just kind of coasting speed. That's no, terrible. Sitting there. That's like sitting there, just riding the brake for three hours. Yeah. That sounds awful. So I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like the Smokies are so, so busy. Yeah. So busy. Yes. Cade's Cove is honestly probably the worst. Yeah. Um, as far as busyness. But like, it's so cool. So you either need to get there early in the morning or like later in the day. Do not try to go in the middle of the day or you will sit in traffic. And have a terrible And have a terrible time. Yeah. Yeah. And so the one thing that was the redeeming quality of her experience in Cades Cove, she said, was that they did see like three bears. And there are a lot of bears in the Cades Cove area. So Mm -hmm. if you're lucky, you will see bears as you're driving through. Usually, you know, people are pretty good about not getting too close and stuff, but they will hang out kind of around some of the areas that you'll be wanting to see. They're the ones doing the farming. Yeah. Yeah. They're the ones that live there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's Cade's Cove. But I mean, it's 100% worth it. You just, you got to time it right. You really, really got to time it right or you'll be sad. Yeah. And I will say, I think some of my favorite pictures that we have and some of my favorite like experiences are usually like early in the morning or later in the evening when the light kind of hits these old buildings and the leaves and everything, especially like in the fall. You get we have some of my favorite pictures are like I think it's the Methodist Church with like this big red maple right behind it, kind of in the early crisp morning. And it's just so pretty. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, and sometimes you get like the fog that, or you know, the mistiness of. The Great Smoky Mountains, uh-huh. the smokiness, if you will. Yes. <laughs> a lot of times. You'll I will. Get, yeah. You'll get more of that in the morning or evening as well. So yeah. it just, yeah, it, all around a better experience. Now, right outside of Cades Cove is the town of Townsend. And this is one of the gateway towns outside of the Smokies. But what's surprising is this is more considered the quiet side of the Smokies, even though Cades Cove is so busy, Townsend is not. No, I feel like if you were to assign a mascot to each of the gateway towns, it would be the rocking chair. Like this this is the awesome, quiet part. You sit on the front porch, you know, what's the front porch sitting? Alan Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Front porch sitting. This is where you do that, Townsend. Yeah. So if you're wanting a quieter experience... You could do either Townsend or like the Weirs Valley, which is just right over from Townsend for a quieter experience still on the Tennessee side of the park. Mm-hmm. 
we favor the Tennessee side of the park. There's just more to do. You're right. closer to all the can't miss stuff. But if you don't want to be in the madness that is Gatlinburg, then those are some good options still on that side that's closer to the, the can't miss activities. Right. Then from Cades Cove, I guess let's move east yeah. over towards Gatlinburg. Do you want to hit Gatlinburg or do you want to do the other cool road? Let's do the other cool road first. Okay. Yeah. So the other cool road, which is really fun, kind of it, it's similar in some ways to the Cades Cove area where it's a one-way road, is the Roaring Fork Motor Nature Trail. That is so hard to say. Every time I try to say the Ro- Roaring Fork Motor Nature Trail. <laughs> I know. It's five times fast. It's totally hard. Roaring Fork Motor Nature Trail. Roaring Fork. <laughs> Ro- Roaring Fork. What do you end up saying? Roaring Fork. I don't know. It's kind of silly. It's hard to say. Yeah, this is just a, a short loop that takes you, and it's just right outside of Gatlinburg. Like, you actually have to drive into downtown Gatlinburg to start this. Which I is kind of hard to find sometimes, too. And it's challenging because I think that Gatlinburg, in an effort to make things easy, like numbered some of their roads or intersections. No, like all of their stoplights are numbered. So yeah. it's like, you know, you turn here at stoplight number two and, you know, and it's fine, except like sometimes I just want someone to tell me, yeah, but what's like the actual road name? Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. stop flight number two. I, it's not stop flight number two for Roman Yes, Fork. thank you, thank you for clarifying that. I think it's case. like seven or something. But anyway, so you're you're right downtown and then you're going off to the side along this beautiful loop road. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite places to take really scenic pictures of like the tree it's almost like tree tunnels mm-hmm. over this beautiful really narrow road yeah because in Cades cove there's a lot of farmland and so they've cleared a lot of it and so there's these really big expanses so you can see large vistas that way or along but along the roaring fork road there are some spaces where they've cleared some land for you know the cabins and, and stuff like that here or there but for the most part right on the edge of the road is where the trees start. And so you're just going through this really cool forest. Like you said, the tree tunnels are all around you. And it's it's amazing. And being a Westerner coming east and, and driving through these tree tunnels, it's kind of, I don't know. It's, it claustrophobic. Feels, it, it, claustrophobic. But, is but the, so beautiful. But so beautiful. Yeah. It's like, that's the far end of the like pendulum on the negative side. The awesome side is like, ooh, this is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, it's really fun. And it's surprising how much foliage there is all the time, everywhere, in all spots of the road sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, crazy. And, and it's crazy to go from Gatlinburg to the Roaring Fork because it feels like a completely different world. Right. Like you've been transported immediately into these mountain vistas and these huge forests of trees. Right. We like the Rainbow Falls Trail. This one, again, gets really busy, mm-hmm. but uh, Rainbow Falls is a beautiful waterfall. It's really tall. And then Grotto Falls, which is a really fun, it's more family friendly than Rainbow Falls. Not quite as long or hard. Yeah, it's much shorter. It's like 2.6 miles. The funny thing is, is even the easier trails in the Smokies typically aren't that easy. Right. Like Grotto Falls, I would consider one of the easier trails in the Smokies, mm-hmm. but it still gains it's like 530 feet of elevation. So right. it's not like you're not going up. You're going up into the mountains. But that waterfall is really charming. You yeah. can walk behind it. It's got a pool of water in front of it and just all that fall foliage again if you're yeah. looking for some good colors. Yeah, it's fun. But the parking lots, because it's a one-way road, you basically only have one shot. And so it's kind of tricky. So you got to I don't know. Some with depending on the time of day you get there or how busy it is, you know, it can be a little tricky. So if you see the spot, the first one, take it. Well, and I I feel like we keep saying like it's really hard to get parking here, but it is. <laughs> uh, it definitely is, and that's what uh, the itinerary on Dirt in My Shoes will walk you through. Because obviously, you can't be in all of these places first thing in the morning, or right. <laughs> you know, to and so I help you with the schedule to know like where to go at what times so that you just aren't sitting in traffic or like having a hard time finding parking. So Yes, exactly. But it still is going to feel busy, especially if you're there in the fall. I think it's 100% worth going in the fall and being in the crowds, mm-hmm. being willing to be in the crowds a little bit to see the colors. But 
the itinerary will help for sure. <laughs> yes, definitely. So, oh. yeah. So that's the Roaring Fork. I mean, and there's some other smaller stops in there, but those are the major ones that you'll want to do possibly mm. if you're going through. At least do Grotto Falls. Do the drive, stop at Grotto Falls, and then keep finishing up your drive. Yes, absolutely. I think it's time that we move on to the Gateway Town. I let's, think, let's talk about Gatlinburg. Because just a second ago, you mentioned like it's kind of, a, we were talking about how quickly like you realize you're in the forest. It kind of blows me away how thick the forest is. And then all of a sudden, so there's kind of some amazing extremes. Like if you're going from the city and then you're, you're leaving the city, going into the national park, it's like all of a sudden, boom, you're in the national park and you don't even notice the city. Or if you're going the other direction from the national park to the city, it's like, Driving, driving, trees, 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 Las Vegas, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of incredible. I remember our first time going, I think we flew into Knoxville or Asheville or something like that. And then we made our way to, to Gatlinburg and first time being in Gatlinburg, we were like, wow, this is crazy. And we were driving. I remember we had spent the whole day in the national park. We were driving out. It was pretty late and dark. Yeah. We flew into Knoxville mm -hmm. and we drove down to Townsend and we stayed in the park from the Townsend side. Right. And so we had already been in the park all day and then we came out into Gatlinburg. Uh-huh. You're being really nice. I was like, what in the H <laughs> is this place? <laughs> well, it's so funny. As you drive down the road out of the park straight into Gatlinburg and Gatlinburg and the trees, they're just like, boom, one right after the other. And literally, it's like Vegas. It's like that scene in Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Harry Potter is waiting. All the Dementors are coming dark, 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 you know, and all of a sudden does is expect a Patronum and it's blinding light, you know, coming out of the trees. That's what it was like coming out of the trees, entering Gatlinburg that first time. I was just like, whoa, my eyes, you know. <laughs> Oh my gosh, what's going on here? Ripley's is everywhere. I yeah. know, there's so many strange shops. And, <laughs> and then you keep driving into Pigeon Forge and then you're seeing like all these weird buildings and mm -hmm. shark mouth gift shops and oh, yeah. go-karting everywhere and waffle houses everywhere. And I just like, I was not prepared. I don't think that any research you do beforehand can prepare you mm -hmm. for what this is. And the interesting is, I mean, we are parkies. We are national park people through and through. And so when we go to a national park, we are all about the national park itself. Usually right. we don't care as much about what's outside of the national park. Right. We might go to a restaurant yeah, or something like we'll, that we'll outside. We'll stay outside of the park and we'll do some stuff. But typically it's like we just want to be in the park as much as we possibly can be. Right. And so I just when we got to Gatlinburg and we've learned this over the years of visiting the Smokies is Gatlinburg is a destination 100% just on its own. Oh, absolutely. People come to Gatlinburg over and over and over with their families and they might go, you know, sightsee through the Smokies for a minute. But for a lot of people, that's not the main reason that they're in the area. A no. lot of the reason is just to be in Gatlinburg or Pigeon Forge, go to Dollywood, yep. you know, do all these other things. Exactly. And so that was a big like mindset shift for me when mm -hmm. it came to the Smokies. <laughs> yes. Because it was like, wait, you're not here for the park? Why else would you be here? <laughs> Um, <laughs> it was so funny. Our first impression of Gatlinburg is like, why aren't all these people hiking? You I know. know. Why are you wasting your time here? Why aren't you in the park? <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just so funny. Like, I don't know. If you're coming at it as a park purist, sometimes you don't appreciate Gatlinburg for what it is. As you go back a little bit more and as you take your kids and you do all the things in the park and then as you explore Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge a little bit, you're like, it grows on it you a totally lot. It totally grows on It has you. grown on me majorly yeah. and it is a blast, but it was a shock at first. And I think a lot of people have the exact opposite opinion. You know, they go to Gatlinburg with their family growing up or Pigeon Forge and they might be like, we're going to the Smokies and the Smokies term It's very loose. It's very loose. People do yeah. not, when they say the Smokies, they're not referring most of the time to Great Smoky Mountains National Park. When they say the Smokies, they're talking about a much broader range of mountains and space all throughout the area of Tennessee and North Carolina and everything like that. Yeah. And so 
I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, we went we went to the Smokies and as and a park, we'll be, I will be like grilling. I'm like, like, what's, well, what did you do there? Did you do this hike? <laughs> did you, you know? And they're like, no, we just went to Ripley's Aquarium <laughs> and Anakista. And it's like, oh my gosh, I forget. Like that was a huge mindset shift for me. But I will say, we love the Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge area now. Oh, absolutely. It was just the first time, like just the shock of it was like too much for me. Right. But as we continue going back, then we're like, oh, yeah, like we'll spend a few days in the mountains, like in the actual national park, and then we'll go to Dollywood. (laughs) So (laughs) exactly. And that's part of the vacation. That's just that's what you do. Yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. It's definitely like you said, it's worth spending time in the park and out of the park. But for our purposes, We love the National Park, and that's what we're going to spend our time on here. But there is no shortage of activities for people of all different kinds of interests in the area. Yeah, not at all. It's actually probably one of the best national parks. If you have a kid, let's say if you have a kid that may be iffy on hiking or visiting national parks and stuff like that, and you want to introduce them to some fun stuff, take them to the Smokies, you know? In quotations. In quotations. Take them to the Smokies. Spend some fun time in Gatlinburg and then spend some fun time in the National Park. Mix them up and then it will just like, it'll prime the pump, you know, get people into the National Parks. Do you know what was my favorite thing we did last time? It was a really quick trip, the last trip we took. Waffle House at like midnight? Listen, (laughs) (laughs) the Waffle House like hysteria, I did not even know that was, we have zero Waffle Houses in Utah. (laughs) Zero. I, in fact, I looked it up. The closest one is in Fort Collins, Colorado, which is seven hours from us. Oh my gosh. And I was like, what? Colorado has waffle houses? Like, I didn't know that. That's an entirely different (laughs) thing. (laughs) But it is a restaurant. You remember Huck Finn's Catfish? Oh my gosh, yes. That was the best. Yeah. So it's a catfish restaurant in Pigeon Forge. That was a big, fun thing that we did. You can do all you can eat catfish and then they bring out all the vittles, Mm -hmm. which is a new term I learned that particular (laughs) visit to that restaurant. And I was reading through the menu because I was like, oh, I don't remember what I liked. And I was like, oh, my gosh, everything is fried. Everything. Yes. So the catfish is fried and then the vittles are like fried green tomatoes, fried okra. It's like these fried corn fritters, uh, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So good. It is delicious. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. It's like, I, I remember I remember where I was, but I was just, wa- I was on a vacation watching Waste of Time TV, you know, kind of stuff. You're just channel- changing the channels. And it was going through these theme parks and all the crazy things that they fry at theme parks, like fried butter is something that Ew. you can get. Oh, actually, well... <laughs> I've heard of that. And Ash now that like, you're saying Don't don't talk poorly about that. That sounds delicious. It might be delicious. It could be. I bet you it is. But yeah. I'm just like, that is something special about Huck Finns is they fry everything and it's so good. Yeah. That I mean our other favorite restaurant in that area is Crockett's, which we talk about uh, extensively in the National Park Foods episode. It's episode forty one. So yes. we're not gonna rehash that here oh it's amazing yeah davy crockett king of the wild frontier the thing about great smoky mountains national park is there is no lodge inside the park except for one on the top of mount lecon that you have to hike to a very hard hike to get up there right and so you would be expecting a park that has that many people coming and that much land space and stuff like that to have more facilities and structure inside Mm -hmm. of it, but it really doesn't. No. So you can't stay in a hotel in the Smokies unless you hike to the top of Mount LeConte and stay up there. Which would be way cool. Yeah, we haven't done that. We're waiting for our kids to be a little older for that. Right. But restaurants and so like there's just really not much in the actual park. And so you will find yourself outside of one of these, you know, park entrances in one of these gateway towns at some point because you just can't get what you need in the park, really. So just expect, you know, you probably will go into Gatlinburg if you're like us and you're kind of a park purist. You might be a little bit shocked, but just go in with, you know, the intent to have fun. Exactly. And you will find it. Oh, So we actually really love that area. Uh, We don't stay there 
for the like all of the time that we're in the Smokies. Right. A lot of times we'll break it up between there and either Townsend or Cherokee just to like give ourselves a breather. <laughs> yes. But um, <laughs> but you know it's it's a really fun gateway town. Yeah. One of the funnest, I would say. Oh, absolutely. And I don't necessarily know the the boundaries between Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg, but well, the whole just all runs the together. whole the whole area is just a blast. But like you said, you know if you if you if you're feeling a little bit like you want a quiet experience on that same side, you have Townsend and Weirs Valley. If you want something a little bit more exciting, you've got Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge. It's got everything for you on that side of the park. So from Gatlinburg, you drive down. It's Highway 441. This is the main like artery through the park. This is the highway that people travel all the time. It's also known as the Newfoundland Gap Road. Mm-hmm. And this road has some really cool stops along it as well. And it's so pretty too. It really is an absolutely gorgeous road. This one really is the one that takes you from the valleys to the mountaintops. Yep. And the mountaintops of the Smokies, I, I don't know. It's just, this is your one opportunity to drive to the top of something in the Smokies because there's really not very many roads actually that go up things. And so the Newfoundland Gap Road is special in that way in this area. So as you're driving along, I mean, this has, I think if you only have time to do like one trail in the park, I would do the Alum Cave Trail. Right. And you'll find that along this road. Actually, this is the trail that a lot of people take to get to the top of Mount LeConte Mm -hmm. if they're staying in that lodge up there. But you really can turn around at any time and feel like you had a fantastic hike. It's beautiful the whole way. There's some cool landmarks along the way mm-hmm. that you can stop at and turn around at any point again. But like, you'll feel like you had a really just nice hike. Oh, absolutely. And I think one of my favorite things along that hike that I think is really unique and really cool is the Arch Rock spot. Yeah. I think it's so crazy. Like, they've got these stairs that you have to hike through and it takes you like through this rock. I don't know. It's really cool. It's like a funky gateway to a cool it's a gateway to the highlands of well, the Smokies. And it's, yeah, and that's not very far into the trail either. So no, it's not. If you have kids with you that don't want to hike the full, you know, five, that's like five and a half miles to the bluffs, mm-hmm. which is the main turnaround spot if you're not planning on going all the way to the top. But I mean, just to go to Arch Rock and back, it's not a very long hike. And so it's really, really good if you're wanting a more family-friendly trail. Right. And that first little section, I mean, you cross a bridge that's so pretty with the river right there and you're kind of hiking along the river for a little while. There's some great stuff. Just get on the trail and you'll find, like we say this at every national park, just get on the trail and you'll lose the crowds pretty fast. Yeah. I mean, the parking area here, again, (laughs) it just gets pretty nasty. Right. But there's space to spread out as you hike. That's probably, I mean, if I could pick one trail... That was just like, don't miss this trail, even if you don't want to hike very much. Yeah. Stop here, get out, hike as long as you want to, and then come back. It's beautiful. I mean, you have some other trails along this as well. Um, Chimney Tops is another really popular popular one right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the end of Chimney Tops is closed. You actually can't go to the very top of those, the mountains right there anymore because of a wildfire that just went right through that area. Right. So that's why I prefer also Alum Cave over that one. And then we have to talk about, I'm going to say it the Southern way. I've been working on it. The Appalachian Trail. The Appalachian Trail. You guys, that feels so strange to me. And we got to sit on this for a minute because (laughs) (laughs) I have had a week of learning. We always out here, it was taught the Appalachian Trail. Right. And somebody made a comment to me. Uh, very, very rudely, by the way. <laughs> Appalachian is not the right way to say it. It's Appalachian. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. So I like started researching. And apparently both ways are correct. But Appalachian is more of a northern way to say it. Mm-hmm. So kind of like if you're hiking the Appalachian... See, I just did it again. If you're hiking the Appalachian Trail... Right. <laughs> once you kind of get past Harper's Ferry or like the West Virginia area and you start going north, then the locals will more call it Appalachian. But the people in the southern Appalachian Mountains highly, highly, 
highly want you to call it the Appalachians. Interesting. So <laughs> yeah, that's how they say it locally in the southern part of the range. There's all sorts of fights about this all over the internet. Like I had no idea I was stepping into like a major like political debate, basically. <laughs> As a Westerner coming, we just we just do what our seventh grade teacher taught I'm us. Sorry, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Um <laughs> So if you're from this area, either from the northern part of the mountains or the southern part of the mountains, or maybe they say it different in the middle, I don't know. But send us a message. Go to uh, dirtinmyshoes.com slash podcast. There's a contact form at the bottom of the page. I would love to hear about it, how you say it. And like, I would love to hear from a local. However, please be nice because yeah. I am just learning. That's why I love travel <laughs> because I learn things. Yes. So, um, and we always say things. I don't know. It's so interesting because a lot of times things are named based on the Native American language that mm -hmm. was there. Yeah. Or like when you go out to Hawaii, you know, the Native Hawaiian language, some of those national parks, like we were saying Haleakala wrong for so long. Well, and we ask, like when we get there, we'll be like, how are you supposed to say this? So we're not afraid to admit that we don't know. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I just didn't know I was walking into like a mine of just centuries. Cultural of, cultural yeah. issue here. Well you, well, you know, what was funny, too, is a lot of what I was reading from people's comments and stuff, like a lot of the comments from the people that are, the Smokies are in the Southern Appalachians. And so I will respect that that's what they want. Gray Smoky Mountains National Park, you know, the mountains that go through that are the Appalachians, not the Appalachians. A lot of people in the forums and stuff were like, well, if you don't say Appalachian, then we'll immediately know you're not a local. And I'm thinking <laughs> to myself, I think when I start talking, you'll know I'm not a local because I don't have a Southern accent at all. <laughs> I don't sound like I'm from this area at all. Yes. So I think just the way that I speak will probably give it away. But, you know, I'll try to remember to say it that correct way right. for the area that we're in. So yes. I've been working on it, but I just didn't know it was a big thing. So there's my ignorance right there. I just had no idea. Uh, we don't spend enough time there to know that, I guess. Oh, yeah. That was my fault. <laughs> It was my back surgery's <laughs> fault again. We didn't get to get there on the ground yeah. recently enough oh to have gosh. someone to so, walk us through that. So. so if you are from anywhere along the Appalachian Mountain Range, please chime in. I would love to know just how you say it. Yeah. And, and it'll be interesting to see if people in different sections say it in different, like, tell us where you're from. And then tell us how you say it. Yeah. And then it'll be really interesting. We could tally it up to kind and of see. And then tell us why we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yes. just kidding. I'm saying Appalachians. So all that to say that the Appalachian Trail, which is like a 2,000 mile trail oh, that goes from Georgia to Maine through these mountains, runs straight through Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Yes. And so that's a big deal. And it's easy to get on this trail from the Newfin Gap Road. Right. Oh, it's so cool. I was reading up on some of the stats for the Appalachian Trail. And it's so amazing because, A, the highest point on this entire continent. Ooh, ooh, me, me. Oh, go ahead. On the whole trail. The whole trail. Is Clingman's Dome. Clingman's Dome, baby. Which is right there in the Smokies. Yes. And the trail, it goes up and down so much over all of these Appalachian Mountains. And the elevation, if you were to do the entire trail, it's like hiking up and down Mount Everest, like almost 20 times or something like that. Oh my gosh. I think it's more than that at the top of my head trying to remember the stat, but there is so much up and down on that trail. And the highest point is Klingman's Dome and Klingman's Dome is the highest point in Tennessee. And it's also like the third highest peak east of the Mississippi. Okay. And so Klingman's Dome is actually a way bigger deal than, you know, just maybe the high point in this national park. Yeah. It's a huge spot. And so when you're at the top, they have this really cool viewing area. It's an observation tower. An observation yeah. tower that you can you can walk up to and you can see when the weather is really Honestly, it doesn't matter what the weather is. It's a really cool view. Whether it's super clear, you it can see really, really far. It gets really foggy, though. Yeah. yeah. Th that was one of the things I was going to say. Is like oh, Sometimes just the fact that you can't see super far, but the mountains are smoky and stuff, just adds to, I don't know, 
I don't think it's if it's your first visit, it's not necessarily a nostalgia, but some of the character, the charm of the area being all smoky. It's it's pretty cool. Or you're just totally sucked in and you can't see anything, which does happen. <laughs> right. I'm at the high point and this is... All I can see is my hand. Right. Klingman's Dome is my favorite view in the park. Yeah. I went back and forth on this because there are so many good views, but like viewpoints that you can drive to that I was just like, I was going back through all of our photos and stuff and I was like, nah, it's got to be Klingman's Dome. Yeah. I love the view of the Smokies from Klingman's Dome. Well, for me, honestly, I do love the, the view from the watchtower up there from the observation deck. But I actually, as I look at some of my pictures, I actually think that some of the best pictures I have are from the parking area. Yeah, right by the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> we have taken some pictures from exactly. there. Exactly. <laughs> but some of it's kind of like the same thing like when we're traveling through a lot of other national parks and the best wildflowers are always next to the road yeah you know it's kind of like ah why couldn't you just be on a meadow move these flowers to a meadow and put it you know but no it's it's kind of incredible but that's not my favorite view of the park oh it's not no i love Klingman's dome i think it's awesome but my actual favorite view is from a different section of the appalachian trail where it intersects with the Newfoundland Gap Road. So it's right before you actually turn up the Klingman's Dome Road. The overlook right there. The, the overlook. Well, yeah. that's basically just the trailhead for the Appalachian Trail. Right. Yes. That's my, there's, that's there's a, a view that's right a there. That's a good view. I, well, the reason I kind of like it is because it's almost like your, it's, isn't that the actual your, Newfoundland Gap? It's the Newfoundland Gap, yeah. And you're straddling the Tennessee-North Carolina line right there. You're right on the state line. And so when you're looking one direction, you're looking at Tennessee. And when you're the other, you're in North Carolina. So. Is is that where Mandy Moore stood <laughs> in two places at once? <laughs> <laughs> no. I want to be in two places at once. <laughs> no, but you can do it there. <laughs> How was that? Oh, that was a really good reference. Now you're speaking my language. I love that movie. <laughs> That's such a good movie. Oh, I've never yeah. read the book, but... In general, I really like Nicholas Sparks movies. <laughs> was that Nicholas Sparks? Yeah. I don't think I ever realized that was Nicholas Sparks. Oh, really? Yeah. How embarrassing, John. You nice. can stand in Tennessee and North Carolina. <laughs> That's awesome. So. And wear your sweaters or your cardigans when you do it. Oh, my gosh. So you can look like Mandy Moore? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but no, okay, back to the view. I think that view is really cool. Like you said, you can look in both directions. But I think it's kind of fun because you're not all at the very top. And as you're in your pictures, you kind of have views of mountains kind of going up the sides of your pictures. I like that. I yeah. think it's beautiful. It is a beautiful view. So, and you'll park there right at the Newfoundland Gap and there, the overlook's right there. And then you'll see the start of the Appalachian Trail from there. I, again, just recommend starting it for a minute. You know what we realized? This is just us being super like used to the Rockies is the trees on that trail. Like I kept being like, I can't see anything. All I can see are trees. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, it's I was so just, true. Like, it took so much getting used to for me because when we're hiking the mountains out here, you know, you'll walk through some trees, but right. most of the time you can see out quite far beyond your trail. And we we're on the Appalachian Trail and I was like, all I can see are trees. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not sure that I like this. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's full disclosure. If I was to choose between the Appalachian Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail, that would be the reason I would choose the Pacific Crest Trail. Yeah, I think we realized that the first time that we got on the Appalachian Trail. I was just like, I did not realize that most of it was going to be trees. But I mean, that's what's really cool about the Smokies, too. Because did you know that they have a hundred species of native trees. Which is awesome. There's so many different kinds of trees. And it's just pretty mind-boggling, actually, coming from somewhere that just doesn't have even close to that of diversity oh, yeah. of it, trees in our mountains. And it, we'll kind of talk a little bit about it in the Fun Facts episode. But yeah, this is a, an extremely diverse ecosystem in the park. These mountains have so many interesting things about them. But the fact that I can't give away too much of the Don't stuff. Don't give it the away. But there episode. are so many trees and it's a big deal. Yeah, there's trees, there's wildflowers, there's wildlife. Everything here is so incredible. You could drive through and not even notice. You'd just be like trees. Label it general, general, generic trees. Yeah. You know, as you go through and if you pay attention a little bit more to seeing some of the subtle differences, 
you'll notice, oh my gosh, yeah, there are so many different kinds of things in trees. And I think in the fall is when you can really notice a lot of the difference because the different tree species have slightly different colors. That's what I was going to say. I think you do notice a lot more in the fall just because, you know, those red maples just like, boom, okay, there's a maple. And and then there's (laughs) just yellows and oranges and just like all types of colors as you're driving through. And it does make it easier to be like, oh, these aren't all the same type of tree. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's such a diverse place. And One last thing I'll point out is it's also, I mentioned wildflowers earlier. They also call this place like Wildflower National Park. Some of the ecologists, it's probably only like... I was like, who? (laughs) I've never heard that before. The the person that designed the National Park website. (laughs) (laughs) He was just, this is Wildflower National Park, man. (laughs) Oh my gosh, don't do that voice. Oh my gosh. There's just so many, there's so much, there's like 1600 different species of wildflower. And they all bloom during different times of the year. So even in the winter time, you can find flowers that will be blooming. And so it's a crazy thing. And there's a quote that you found that you put on the Dirt My Shoes uh, Ultimate Guide page for Great Smoky Mountains National Park. It's by Horace Kephart. Which I, whenever I pick those quotes, I always try to pick something from someone who is like very influential mm-hmm. to that area and to that park. So. Right. Just so you know, I do my research. He was a big deal in the Great Smoky Mountains. Yeah. (laughs) In that quote that you put on there of his, he makes a big deal about how these mountains are extremely, they're distinct from like Western, like Yosemite and some of these other peaks, how, how the peaks are all granite, you know? And so it's not a, probably kind of meaning it in like a negative way, almost like the granite's like, it's a relic of the past, you know, it shows you the past. And these trees here in the Smokies going all the way up to the top of the mountains. It's a charming and it's all about this is life that's now, you know, these trees are here now and this is life now. It's not a, a lifeless granite slab, yeah. you know, so which is why I think he was kind of <laughs> meaning it in kind of like a, a negative way towards the Western mountains, you know, these like gravestones, you know. But honestly, when I've talked to people from the East, mm-hmm. especially people who've like grown up going to the Smokies year after year with their families and stuff, like the trees are life. Yeah. For, you know, that's what they love about these mountains. Right. And for us, it's like, well, you can't see any rock. <laughs> so I totally get the sentiment. You know, I think if you're if you're used to that, if that's a, a normal sight for you to see just tree covered mountains... I can see how that would feel very much more alive right. than our mountains out here. Yeah. Like when I talk to some of my family and they go back east. So one of my brother, my brother-in-law, he is from northern New York. And so just green, green trees everywhere. But like, so my mom and dad, when they traveled back east and sometimes us too, and the trees are everywhere, it's almost claustrophobic. And when he came back west, or you had a friend that came back west too, and she was like, it's so empty, you know, the the, the mountains were ominous to them. Yeah, she was like, the mountains are like creeping over me. I hate it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) They're just like, boom, right in your face. And I hate it. It feels scary. Right. And I was like, really? I've never thought about that before. (laughs) (laughs) So she's seeing it like like an ominous I don't know. Like a big gravestone. A big gravestone <laughs> like towering over you, pretty ready to fall on you. Like that scene from A Christmas Carol, you know, when Patrick Stewart's like getting, he's in the grave basically in the, anyways, <laughs> the, the ghost of Christmas future is like all creepy out. Creepy. No, but, but it, yeah, these mountains are so different in the East on the Appalachian Mountains are so unique to the National Park Service in general because of all the national parks, there are not that many eastern national parks with mountains. There's this one, there's Shenandoah, you know, then there's a few others that have some sort of mountains. So these are really cool. They're unique in their space and they're beautiful. And the trees, there is no tree line. That yeah. blew me away. Yeah. There is no tree line here. There's no tundra. Like we just, not too long ago, we did the Rocky Mountain National Park episodes and talked about the tundra. This is a bunch of unique forest communities all the way up to the top of the mountains, man. And yeah. It's really cool. And we'll talk about it more in the fun facts episode, but geez, the diversity here 
it goes from bottom to top and all throughout the park. It's and I, cool. And I honestly, I wish I would have known that our first visit there. Yeah. Because that would have changed my whole experience, I think, mm-hmm. of just being like, there's so many trees. I can't see the mountains. There are so many trees. <laughs> that was more my mindset. And like I said, like that's why I love traveling because you learn things that you just, you know, otherwise wouldn't really think about or or cared to know. Yeah. <laughs> and so I loved that. I just wish that I would have known how much bigger of a deal all the species of trees and flowers and, and the diversity that you can find, even though... When you look at the mountains, they kind of look the same. It mm-hmm. looks like you're looking at the same trees. You're not. And so I think just just knowing that there's more that meets the eye here, I think would have vastly changed my experience. So if you're going and you are not used to the tree-covered mountains that you find in the east, then definitely listen to the Fun Facts episode that's coming out in a couple weeks because that's going to help. Another call out for the listener if you want to engage with us somehow. Maybe you could tell, we could do kind of an east-west thing here. Would you rather do the Pacific Crest Trail because you can see more vistas? Or would you rather do the Appalachian Trail because you really enjoy walking through the deep, dark forest? I guess that kind of tipped my hat a little bit there. (laughs) I was going to say, ah, you're pretty clear on what you'd rather do. But no, like, are the trees comforting to you? You know, is that nostalgic? Do you like your mountains alive or dead? That should be our <laughs> <laughs> mountains alive or dead. Okay, so let's jump onto the North Carolina side of the Smokies. So this side of the Smokies, as far as like what's in the National Park, has less to do than on the Tennessee side. But, you know, going from North Carolina, so you've got obviously Asheville is a big Smokies destination. Mm -hmm. Kind of like you said, where, you know, people say they're going to the Smokies. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to the National Park. Right. But Asheville is just a beautiful, beautiful city right there on the North Carolina side of the Smokies. Right. So if you want to stay in the North Carolina side, that's great. There's just, as far as like the actual National Park and along the main roads and stuff, there's just not as much to do on the North Carolina side. Right. A few things we really like to do, like along the Newfin Gap Road as you're going down towards Cherokee, we really like Mingus Mill. That's cool. Um, the Mountain Farm Museum on that side is cool. We usually see elk there, which is always fun. I think um, that's one of the main features of that side of the of the North Carolina side of the park. I feel like you see more elk on that side. Which is the best, especially in the fall when they're bugling. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and I wanted to mention, so North Carolina has some really cool kind of side areas that as a first-time visitor, you may not have time to get to. They're a little bit further removed. Mm -hmm. But one of my favorites, if you're talking about elk, is Cataloochee. Yeah. Which is actually like, it was very much inhabited like Cades Cove was. It's one of those pockets of homesteaders and people that lived there for a long time, Mm -hmm. making a life in this beautiful small little valley of the Smokies. Yeah. And so you can go down there and you can still see the old buildings and stuff. There's a beautiful church down in there. But this is where people go in the fall specifically to see elk. And I don't think we were prepared because the first time we visited there in the fall, it was like we were going tailgating. It was crazy. We were like, so uh, we heard you can see elk here. (laughs) You know, like we just showed up like... So apparently there's elk. And then there's people there with coolers of food and camp chairs and music. (laughs) And and foam fingers with elk, you know. Go elk, go elk. We were, when we got there and we're like, well, we came vastly underprepared for this. Uh, I just thought we'd drive down here and just be like, there's some elk. Cool. Let's keep going. No, people like come and stay. Yeah and wait for the elk to come down into the meadow. It's an event. Yeah. And it's really interesting watching not just the elk, but the people. Yeah. Because it's fun. It's, it was it's so a cool, cool. experience. Yeah. It's like, just pull up, back up your truck next to your neighbors, pull out the koozie, you know, 
drop your soda in there. But in our case, we just had big beggar's eyes. (laughs) We didn't bring anything. Our contribution to the potluck is granola bars. Can we join your party? (laughs) We have apple and peanut butter and chocolate chip. Those that we have. I really like Catalucci. So that's a fun one. I would say the other. So I really probably the biggest like hidden gem for me in the Smokies is the Deep Creek area down Mm -hmm. there near Cherokee. Just it's by Bryson City is the little town right there. And it's one of those side roads again. So it doesn't connect to anything else. But it's just a really lovely, quieter area. Really quiet. I think we yeah. maybe saw five people on the trail and yeah. we saw in three different... In the middle of October, yeah. which is unheard of. And we saw park. three different waterfalls. Yeah. I mean, none of them are huge, but they're very charming. I love the waterfalls. I love chasing waterfalls in this park. And so, yeah, if you do like the Deep Creek Loop, you pass by Junie Wank and Tom Branch and Indian Creek Falls. So you, three different waterfalls and they're just it just doesn't have the crowds. So that's a really fun area if you're wanting to visit the North Carolina side of the Smokies. Otherwise, I mean, like I said, it's kind of a quiet place. There's not a whole lot to do in the park down in that area. If you stay down there, then I would focus on what you can do down there and then go stay up on the Tennessee side for a night or two as well. Right. Just because to drive from like Cherokee to Cades Cove will take you hours. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, it's a really long drive. So yeah. don't do that. Like split it up if you want to see both sides. But that brings me to probably, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but probably my favorite place to get actual Smoky Mountain views mm-hmm. is the Blue Ridge Parkway. <laughs> it's not even in the park. <laughs> you can't say that. Take I'm it not, back. I'm, I'm, I'm standing back. my ground, okay? <laughs> so from Cherokee, from that North Carolina side, you can catch the Blue Ridge Parkway, which it's another national park unit. It's not a an actual national park, but it is run by the Park Service. Right. And it connects Great Smoky Mountains on its southern end up to Shenandoah in Virginia. And you're just driving through the mountains, this whole stretch. You can just drive through these mountains. And from Cherokee, you don't have to drive very far to start hitting viewpoints. They're just roadside views. You can just stop real quick and get them. But like those for me are some of the best views of the actual Smoky Mountains. Yeah. And it's really interesting because like we said, or like I said earlier, the Newfin Gap Road is the only one that takes you even close to like up and over things. I mean, that road to Clingman's Dome also takes you to the top. But when you do the Blue Ridge Parkway, I mean, it's a really beautiful winding mountain road. You'll go through some tunnels. You'll go up and over things. You'll get lots of varying viewpoints, you know, along this mountain range. And it's fast. It's fun. It's beautiful. Well, fast, not necessarily fast. Well, well, I think what I mean by fast is that the views change fast. Oh, okay. And so that's totally different. Yes, exactly. You're definitely (laughs) not cruising along (laughs) here. No, there's faster ways to get to Shenandoah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. But I think sometimes, sometimes when you're on like a scenic road or something like that, just the views don't change that much. I was thinking of like the on the south rim of the Grand Canyon, like when you're some of the viewpoints that you get out at, some of them look really similar. The views change frequently, which just adds to the fun of the drive. I really enjoy it. And it just adds to the, I say charm because I don't like to say cute. Ash likes to say cute. I say charm. Charm is fine with me. The, The charm and the character of the Appalachian Mountains and of the Smokies the general area of the Smokies is really beautiful and easy to discover along the Blue Ridge Parkway. That's just one thing that we pretty much always add in, even if it's just for a couple hours. You don't have to drive the whole way, obviously, because that would take you to a different park. <laughs> um, right. So you don't have to do the whole drive. You just just a small section will easily suffice and give you a great picture of the Smokies. Yeah. And if you're in Asheville, you can connect Asheville to the Smokies via the Blue Ridge Parkway. So there's just options. You can jump in and out as you want to, but it's worth it because you just get more, I think I would say like more expansive views 
of the Smokies because mm-hmm. you're not right there in the park. Right. You're outside looking in. So yeah, it's true. Anyway, that's what I would add. So those are my favorite things to do on the North Carolina side. Again, it's just it's quieter, a totally different experience. If we're going to be there for three or four days, I usually will do a couple nights on each side. It makes a lot of sense to do that if you're going to dig in a little bit for sure. And it gives you some more time too to like sit in the parking lot at uh, the Mountain Farm Museum or kind of around there and look for elk, you know, yeah. or, or, or in kind We've of- we had good luck seeing elk there. Or pigs. The or kids pig, love the well, pigs. The pigs are in cages. So, well- <laughs> Fence, I should say fences. Yes. So they can't it makes, go anywhere. It makes the farm sound like a prison. <laughs> yeah. They're in cages. So that's, I mean, that's the Great Smokies in a nutshell. I feel like I just am bursting with so much more that I want to say. Oh, yeah. But we we'll, could talk about this for so long. There's so many things. We'll save it so we can talk more about stuff in the Fun Facts episode. But this national park is amazing. It a thousand percent deserves the hype that it gets the visitation numbers that it supports. I mean, there is a reason that everybody wants to come to the Smokies. And for a lot of people, it's nostalgia and memories. For other people, it's seeing something that's totally different than what they normally see. I encourage you to really dig into what makes this park so special. It's just the the human history of this area. Like, how important it has been to people for decades, centuries, you know, maybe in your own family, but maybe just the the area in general has just been so important to so many different people. And I really feel like you can feel that while you're there, mm-hmm. especially as you're touring those old homesteads and just walking where people used to live and make a living and, you know, tucked into these beautiful mountains. I just... There's so much magic in this park. It's hard to describe till you get there. Uh But with the old growth forests and all the waterfalls and it's fantastic. Thanks for exploring the national parks with us. Please share, like, and subscribe. And if you need any help planning your own trip, click on over to dirtinmyshoes.com. See you next week. Same time, same place. And don't forget to get some dirt in your shoes.